This is We Are What We Overcome. This episode has been recorded remotely during the COVID-19 pandemic. What you're about to hear are the ramblings and reflections of four ordinary people, drawing on their own personal and occasionally professional experiences. These conversations are unprepared, subjective, and should not be taken as medical advice or instruction. Anyone seeking help should always carry out their own research, or better yet, speak to a professional about their circumstances. Sit back, enjoy, and remember, it's good to talk. You look like you've got... Um... Be careful with those curtains behind on your right hand side. It looks like you're wearing some kind of weird head thing, or maybe a yeah. If you put your head back a little bit, Wes, then yeah, that's it. Then you end up with like a nice <laughs> ponytail down one side. Oh, all right, yeah. Is that a fez on top of your wardrobe. Yes, it is. Bloody magicians. <laughs> yeah. We are what we overcome on this occasion features musician Matt McGuinness, improviser Nick Tyler, media producer Neil Monroe, and psychotherapist Wes Evans. All right, so we, we are supposed to be live more or less now. Should it? Obviously, if it works, obviously. Um, <laughs> it's waiting for me to do the, you know, the more go to live. Yeah, the second of our lockdown specials uh, started out as a let's check in and see how we're all doing, but then we decided that we will get together a bit more regularly than we used to before this pandemic started via technology and um, and just keep that regular checking going. And I believe today we're going to be talking about um, how we say things and, and kind of narrative and use of language because it was picked up as a theme, wasn't it, from our, from our initial check-in. Should we do that first thing then? Should we check in how each other is? Yeah, let's do that. Sounds good. Hey. You're going a bit metal Mickey, Matt, so I assume you're you're less well. Mm. I'm Wes, I'm a psychotherapist, and this is the We Are What We Overcome podcast, lockdown edition, <laughs> part two. Um, so check-ins on how we are. Well, I'm, I'm not too bad. I think I was speaking last time about um, that very fine line between counting blessings and feeling pretty privileged that I'm still able to be financially okay and that I'm healthy and I'm still able to do some work from home but on the flip side struggling with this drastic change in routine and feeling kind of restricted and that line between having space but then feeling lethargic and and, and unmotivated and stuff um I'm getting better with that I've I'm just I'm just in the same kind of place as before really um and I've had a bit more work to do, so I've been stuck into that. How are you all doing? Um, I'm good. Um, I've for the last few days I've had more of a break time and stuff like that, so I've just relaxed a bit more. Was uh, working on a few other things. Potentially was going to be doing some video work today, but that didn't happen because of um, I was going to be working for some hospital doing some videos for them, but uh, it fell through because uh, we'd have to be on an eight week waiting list to be approved by the hospital to work there so <laughs> um so yeah um but yeah potentially actually have some work coming up um related to maybe uh awareness videos about the virus and stuff yeah i'm really glad that one thing they haven't cut at the moment is red tape everything else seems to be cut you know like look it up <laughs> 
but not red tape, so that's good. Yeah. You've got to have something to hold on to. <laughs> You've got to maintain the standards, man. Some maybe, kind of normality. Yeah. Maybe that's why there's not enough personal protection equipment because they uh, you've got to go through a procedure. That's the important thing, isn't it? <laughs> Otherwise, it sounds like you're in a splendid die. mood, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you are, Matt. I'm good, actually. I, I um, I, I, I just used it. Like I was trying to get everything keen the last two weeks, uh, but it probably hasn't. I did catch myself today. I was talking to a friend whilst uh, doing something else, and uh, I said to him something good about the situation at the moment, and I felt bad about saying something positive, because it is a, obviously a shocking situation we're in. But you should still be able to grab some grain of positivity out of it. That's funny you should say that. I was having a similar conversation with some colleagues the other day. Um, and, uh, you know, one person was saying that actually there's lots about this situation that, that suits them and actually they're feeling okay about a lot of it. And we had the similar kind of thing that, you know, whilst it feels a little bit ooh to say that, given that this is a really horrible situation, of course, it's okay to say that actually, you know, I'm 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 coping well and, and that there's there's some bits about this situation that I'm okay with, etc. Isn't it? Yeah, I'd agree with that. No, on, on the whole, uh, I'm dandy. Uh, this is I get to be at home near my cats and my partner. I don't have to go out. This is phenomenal. If I could have had this this sort of pandemic nightmare scenario for the last ten years, I think I'd have been completely happy. Uh, which is which is a little bit odd. I'm not, you know, just without the there. death, the illness, and the financial hardship, of course. But. Those things are very unfortunate. However, the not having to go out of the house, I think, is generally great for me. Um, mm. Although that said, I've had a day of just inept rage, and I'm not entirely sure why. Uh, it might just be one of those days you just reach the point and go, "None of this matters." Oh my god, I want to smash everything. Um, I'm not quite sure what that's about, since I'm just continuing the work that I was doing last week that I was enjoying. Then, I'm not sure if it's because I've tried to get like a little mini desk to stop me just sitting on the sofa to work. Uh, which is fine, but now Phil's, like most of our front room, has just made me annoyed all day. <laughs> Why so did you run out of Lego? Oh, I've got loads of Lego. <laughs> no, you could have made a Lego. Oh, I did think about that, um, but then that seemed massively impractical. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I did ask if I could take a few weeks off to build a desk out of Lego. Apparently that's not necessarily good work of, uh, necessarily good use of my work time. <laughs> so maybe I'm just angry about that. I'm not sure. <laughs> I think I'm mostly just riled from seeing all the news constantly and finding it really hard to avoid. I think it's not so much that it makes me sad. It's just, it's just irritated having to see it. Well, that it, when we spoke about this topic, that was one thing that came into my mind. So not just about what we say to others and the things we say and whether we're direct or not and that kind of thing, but also the messages that are being spread around between people that ultimately come from the media or from social media. Um, so that that probably takes us into talking about what we wanted to talk about tonight, if everyone's ready to do that. Yeah, for sure. In fact, Neil, it was you that suggested the topic in the first instance, wasn't it? Well, I, I'm not, I've, there's a few friends whom I know uh, have struggled a bit more uh, recently. And to my knowledge, they've not necessarily had any spirit things. But one of the things I was thinking was I know I've had friends to whom have had more severe uh, mental health support needs to whom just in everyday life they can go in situations where 
unfortunately, their family never intending, obviously, to be an issue for their family member, but basically will say things that don't consider how they will react and potentially have even been told, please don't say things like that. Please phrase it in a different way. Avoid talking about that. Or if you're going to talk about it, be, be a bit more aware of the fact I'm in the room type thing. And um, I can only imagine that it potentially is going to be worse now because I've, I've known friends to whom have had that situation where their family, they do, and they always apologise, but they always forget, always. And it's like being locked in a situation where potentially you're in a home where you are going to be interacting with them more than you would otherwise. That potentially might flare up a bit more. And so basic awareness of triggers potentially is a factor that could come in. But also new triggers might happen because people will, as we mentioned, like news or seeing things on social media it could be along the lines of uh like i've i've got some I'll, I'll go into this bit more in depth but you might see things uh that people are posting online which cause you stress or anxiety for a variety of different reasons and potentially you need to unfollow them or you need to just stop using that social media and the same with news you might see repeated things and it might be uh, from either uh, poor reporting, misinformation, or even accurate information. The accurate information potentially is something that gets you down, and that can affect things. And that's something I think people need to be considerate about, especially if someone can say, maybe even if they can just say, please, can we avoid this subject? Like, it, I've, I've had friends in the past who've had animal uh, animals, pets of theirs that have passed away, and say, can we please not post anything related to said species of animal and stuff like that? And in this total, yeah, I've I've had friends who've had uh, cats pass away, and they have struggled uh, because seeing anything cat related. And the one, uh, I mean, one one friend who, when their cat passed away, they absolutely love cats, so they actually have cat stuff all over the place. And they obviously had to live with that. But when people talked about cats and potentially adopting a cat one one of our friends when we were in a group together we were just chatting and said please can we stop talking about cats we all did but it was just yeah. something we weren't oh. thinking about because oh. obviously they oh, their clothes were cat themed and stuff like that you as well you your home but, and entire but, wardrobe but, but, yeah that, that's, like, that's, that's that quite a lot of different things in there I mean but, you start off with people who are just being cats, wildly so, careless yeah. if not just being dicks um, <laughs> which people certainly can be um, yeah uh, forgetting and deliberately forgetting are quite hard to tell apart um, yes, I wouldn't want to be stuck with that. But then we have what we can do about it in terms of social media and news. Uh, we can talk about that a bit later, strategies that we've got for hacking down the sort of crap that we take in. But then then there's also recognising what might be triggering for someone, as well as personal responsibility for identifying the things that we might that might trigger us and whether or not some of those are, are things that other people can do anything about. Facebook and the posting of stuff is a tricky one. Yeah, there is there's a there is a question of responsibility, isn't there? Definitely. Yeah, um, and it'll um, be balanced as all these things are. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think the thing I was thinking as well, especially about um, things that people are saying and passing on, or things that we're exposing ourselves to. Um, two, I suppose, two things pop to my mind. The first is the opportunity for all of this to become divisive, as things always do. And that's on kind of getting pulled into debates about whether we're 
testing enough or whether the government's done the right thing or whether statistics are accurate or not or whether we think the lockdown is justified and all of this so i've seen a lot of that a lot of that and um and in some ways that can be triggering because you're either pissed off by it or you're pulled into arguments continually or you get on your high horse whatever it is so there's that side of it uh, it's funny isn't it you, uh, uh, you, humankind mm. always seems to find a way to get sucked into us and them and divisiveness about stuff. It so it baffles me. Uh, and then the other mm. thing is 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 something that um, maybe you touched upon already, Nick, was the anxiety-inducing stuff. So um, how we could listen about death statistics or um, about you know hand washing enough and taking the necessary precautions and all of this and how a lot of that could be anxiety inducing i suppose i i suppose i'm thinking about that kind of angle and um me and nick were ages ago we were laughing about death on that podcast oh yeah yeah that, i mean that took took us ages to crack are you were you were obviously well, it's weren't true is it i mm-hmm. didn't want to hear it or you know but we, we just no, yeah, I, I don't think it was so serious. I think I joined in on a bit of it, but mm. I just shared that at the same time. I it felt was a little closer to you, I wasn't it? it right at that moment, to it was, fully uh, commit to the humour yeah. part of it, didn't I? Yeah. Whereas now we can so all I laugh about it. That's I think, fine. And I shared that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you broke up just at the beginning of what you were saying, though, Matt. So what was it that you were just reminded of that or something? That was pretty much it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can I ask you, Wes, one thing? Obviously, like, yeah. with, with your clinical work at the moment, is there, obviously, I know there's going to be confidentiality elements, but is there any situations where in your day-to-day life, obviously, you have to be aware in general of uh, potentially triggers or issues clients might have when you see them as a therapist and stuff like that? And are there, are, have you noticed if there's any sort of potential trends of changes now or... Is it just varying and stuff like that? Well, as far as my work goes, I, it's actually slowed down. And you would think there are a lot of people, um, I'm sure there's there's got to have been an increase in kind of people suffering with, you know, changes in mood or anxiety or struggling to cope. There's got to, there's inevitably a psychological impact to everything that's going on at the minute. But actually it hasn't led to like a sudden surge of, clients or something in fact the opposite um my client load with your your existing clients to be fair yeah well my client my client load has massively dropped um obviously we're forced to work either this way or over the telephone and immediately i lost probably 60 70 percent of my clients um some have just hit pause on it and said well you know we'll revisit later on some have just dropped off and then the few that remain um the biggest kind of trend has been about well i've i've worries about finances or struggling being cooped up in close quarters with other people um but even the even the clients that have rema- have remained there's something i think there's been something about the change of our routine that's affected the work as well in the you know, we were typically meeting weekly or fortnightly face to face. That's been forced to change, and that's had a negative impact on their experience of of this, like the therapeutic relationship. 
So they, they, people have withdrawn from it. And you would think that they would lean more into it. I think maybe there's a financial implication as well. If somebody is not able to work and is trying to get sorted with the furlough and stuff, maybe they're waiting on money and stuff. Unfortunately, maybe spending money on private therapy is a luxury they can't afford or something. Um, mm. so a fairly that. damning indictment of our times. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Um, in fact, I'm literally just putting some stuff together to put out to offer kind of, uh, you know, to offer my services for, for much, much less. I'm sure if, if, if there are people out there that need support and it's finances that is a barrier, I don't want that to be a barrier. And I have some more time and I'm at home. So um, I'm just putting together kind of social media posts about that, actually. That's a good plan. Yeah, that's cool. Should we talk more generally about, um, I guess, trigger warnings in general? And mm. these things are personal sensitivities. Um, because I, I guess what it makes me think of is, uh, to what extent this is any different to just being sensitive about talking to people that you know. Um, you would expect, I, I expect, a reasonable level of sensitivity. But with talking to people who know me and who know the kind of stuff that's going on in my life. And, and people forget, obviously, and sort of might go, oh, yeah, just, just joking about your, you know, your friend's example about you know, cats dying or whatever. Um, yeah, um, I don't expect anyone who doesn't know that I've had a cat that's you know, died to, to know that and to avoid it in conversation. Um, I think it's important to be able to say, can we not talk about this? Uh, I think that's, that's reasonable. And I, I don't have many groups of friends or people I work with who <laughs> would just go, no, we're going to talk about this now. <laughs> Uh, that that would be a bit strange, I think, in uh, sort of gentle conversation. But I guess there's the probably something the about the yeah, yeah. I was going to say there's probably something about the extent to which you can actually do that. So I'm sure within a circle of friends, um, you could either say that, and I know I could if I was in company with friends. Um, but also maybe me and some friends would would be mindful about speaking about a certain topic in front of another friend, you know. So that, that works both ways. But yeah, I think the difficulty lies with with stuff on social media. I'm not sure that when you were talking about it, Neil, and you were talking about can we not post about such a thing for a certain amount of time, and I was thinking there's there's some line somewhere between being sensitive to people's needs within your, not just within your circle, but because obviously you can be sensitive more generally about well, things. With, with, with like social media posts, it's an awkward one because at the end of the day. Uh, there's another element as well, whether depending on the relationship with people as well, and obviously they could be strained because your literal only communication is through social media, for whatever reason. You don't necessarily speak to each other on the phone, on a Zoom call or anything like that. So maybe your only communication is through posts on Facebook or Twitter. And mm. it might end up being that for some friendships to be in a better place, uh, people have to go, I'm not going to unfriend you, but I'm going to stop following you. So I don't see posts or you can obviously tag things if it's like uh, posts from certain websites or um, I think you can do it as similar posts and stuff. You can request these similar posts are not done. So obviously it can be related to specific types of news or as they shares from a specific website. And that doesn't even have to be news websites. It could be literally a uh, website that deals with uh, movie stories or something like that. 
and so forth. That makes sense. I, I feel like we're talking about how to shut Facebook down again, which isn't, isn't which, <laughs> it, which it, I, I don't think it is quite what we're talking about. I think what Wes is leaning on is a sort of the idea of to what degree you take personal responsibility, both for your the things that you are sensitive hearing about and how we might let people know about that. Obviously saying up front on Facebook, please don't post anything about COVID-19 or whatever. Is it, well, I mean, that's reasonable. You know, you, you said how you feel, um, but it is difficult to do it in different circumstances. Um, I imagine people struggle at work to do these sorts of things. I certainly had friends with sort of LGBT matters who have not been comfortable saying in the office, can, can, we, can we have less gay jokes? Is that all right? Um, because some things don't feel like you can just say them in public because you f- may feel like you might get a lot more grief for them. Which I well, guess is you end up going through a management route of some kind. But one point trust yeah, is difficult. Um, with the whole Facebook and stuff, I, I don't see how it's, any of that's possible. Any of that stuff, you know, you just it's just saying not to post about cats is the same as not posting about <laughs> COVID nineteen. I mean, mostly I've got quite a few friends. One of which is on the bottom left hand corner. Who do nothing but post about cats. <laughs> Thank you, Neil. Hmm. Um, <laughs> And but what you were just talking about there with the social media, there's that line, isn't there? It's like, um, all right, apart from the topics that are just quite obviously, if you're going to post about that topic, you're going to be offending large groups of people. That aside, if I had, if I was going through something in particular where, I, I, and temporarily I don't want to see something about a certain subject, where's the... Where's the line about what's reasonable for me to ask what people do should and shouldn't post about or talk about? Where where is it that they can be sensitive and make a consideration, and and where does it merge into well I should just unfollow or well um, out for a bit. Well, one, do you know what I mean? One thing I have seen. So th- this is more of a worst case scenario when I've seen people post things on social media because obviously you can tag friends or, or people that you follow and stuff like that. And I have seen people, and it's usually people who are not necessarily aware of how things look, where they might tag someone in a post to a story and not think how that looks or how that might feel to someone because they're being forced to be pulled into maybe that conversation and stuff. Mm. I, I I don't really know anyone who does that. Really. It depends what you view social media as. Don't you? You know, exactly. if, if you view it as an extension of your family, friends and stuff, then you're an idiot because it's just not true. You know. Uh, and I've got quite a lot of people who are friends who um, who I've met once. I got on really well with them, or you know, got on well with them, and or they wanted to follow the band thing or whatever it is, and and they're quite interesting people. But I don't really know what they're like. You know, it's not like I you know you three. You know, it's just a completely <laughs> different thing, isn't it? Um, I, th- I think yes, that's certainly part of the problem with Facebook as a tool. It is many different things masquerading as one thing. Uh, which uh, it's a news aggregator. It's a way to see pictures of your nieces and your grandchildren um, to to fall out with and stalk people. It, it's so many things, as well as just following like Wimpy and Burger King. <laughs> yeah, that these, these are not really similar things put together. Uh, and Facebook itself, of course, is notorious for not sorting people out with these tools. We can talk about actual tools for filtering Facebook later because there are a few that you can use to to seriously cut this down. But obviously, it's not Facebook's responsibility to trim this stuff down for us either. It it, it isn't your front room, um, and it's not really it's not really pretending to be that either. Sometimes you just you have to leave Facebook. Um, but I think in terms of identifying what you don't want other people to talk to you about, Facebook's perhaps not the best example for for 
dealing with that because it, it is a strange one. Um, I mean, in person, being confident enough to ask someone not to talk about something, that's quite challenging. One thing um, that one of my friends does when posting stuff online, which I, I spotted, I didn't understand what it was, if it is something that potentially is um, stuff that might relate to things that people, that are known trigger warnings, they will always put a TW colon and then explain what things in the post, if you went to read more about it, it's about. Mm, I've seen that. mm. That's quite useful, That because especially if it's something uh, related to obvious triggers and stuff like that, like forms of racism, forms of anti-LGBTQ-related stuff and things like that. Um, and I've done that with one person last week, because there was one thing I was sharing, and I went, uh, I am aware that this could be there. And obviously, when it's a picture, you just see it there. But it's a case of, especially if it's an article, that could be useful um, as a thing. And it is... What was it? I can't remember, actually, to be honest. Um, I think it was related... To, it was certainly related to... Uh, when you read the article, it really... Oh, yes, I think it was related to bigotry and persecution of some sort. I can't remember. You know, you know I, I know Nick wants to move away from Facebook, and so would I. <laughs> but on one thing from me... Uh, if you've got friends online who are being bigots or homophobic or sexist, or no, 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 people who are sensitive to stories about that—that's what I was meaning. Right. Well, and, and you know, I, I think you just got to. I don't think you can. You can. I don't know how. I mean, the governments can't seem to control Facebook. No, no, no. But, but but what I mean is, if the story talks about a specific form of persecution, say to someone from a minority group, and they have suffered that persecution, they may not want to go how do you tell anyone that i mean mean, that's the idea so if you give a warning saying oh i mean most people most people don't see your posts anyway what is it five or six percent and if you're if you're friends with 500 people or 600 people you know it's just not gonna happen and if you've got you know paying back to the cats thing if you've got friends in the real world who know that your cat has died, but still talk about cats? They shouldn't be your friends. Should they? I mean, it's just ridiculous. No, no, no. It, it, it's it's more flagging up that if someone goes into the article more in depth, and it was something that definitely might trigger them. If there are known things that you can flag up related to that sort of thing, it gives them a heads up. Going, oh, I won't read that. That that. Yeah. Was- well, that, that, I mean, and, and that's fair. You know, if if you if you have if you have personal triggers around child abuse or something, for example. Watching Law and Order Special Victims Unit, not a great plan. Um, and, and in some parts of our life, those things are flagged well. And they're, they're tagged and categorized in ways that, you know, you, that you can tell in advance they're not going to happen. But in, in a conversation, that's much harder to do. Uh, you don't necessarily know the agenda for your chat in the pub or your Zoom chat in advance, which might just be the things that it ranges through. A lot of what we've talked about so far is about people being sensitive and being conscious of the people around us. The people you spend time with, I'm wondering, you know, just just generally thinking, does ever, does everyone who I'm talking to want to talk about this? Are they interested? Is it going to hurt them, or is this just some madness in my head that maybe I don't need to share at all? Not sharing at all is a wonderful option, um, and is obviously the number one consideration for engaging in any comment thread anywhere on the internet about anything. Uh, just just d- declining is probably quite good. But I, I am interested in it because obviously Wes will have, will have done more work about enabling people to feel like they can say in a conversation or with different groups of people they do or don't want to talk about subjects because we don't we don't always know these things in advance. You know, I, I had a rough time as a as a teenager 
where the guy who was abusing me was a friend of the family. And I'd kind of forgotten about a lot of it until I was watching things like Law and Order Special Victims Unit. Years later, I was like, I don't know why this makes me feel quite so uncomfortable. This isn't good. And it wasn't until I was flicking through, well, flicking through, researching um, sex offender files when I was at work at probation without really thinking about it. I was like, this is horrible. This is, this is making me really stressed and really anxious. And I didn't know, and I, I didn't really know why I'd managed to blank out quite a lot of stuff and sort of blocked off an awful lot of information. And that for me was, it was a, it was a huge trigger for all of that stuff returning to my awareness and consciousness and then ends up doing counseling and therapy and stuff to get through it. Yeah. The, these, the triggers that we have aren't always apparent. Um, and even and for some of that stuff, even if I'd known in advance what my triggers might have been, it wouldn't really have helped me. Um, it's, it's not always straightforward and easy to see what's going to affect someone in a conversation or, or in any other part of their life. Maybe that's more a strategy for getting the hell out of that conversation from an individual. Yeah, <laughs> I think for me, it comes, no! back, running away. comes back to those two sides, doesn't it? So we could mm. all be mindful of, of not intentionally being insensitive and, and, and taking on board what someone might be telling us about what, what they're struggling with. And, and we can all hopefully take some responsibility ourselves to what we're willing to participate in and what we will actively avoid. You know, like you said, you can come off Facebook, you can try not to watch the news, you could distance yourself from so, from certain people. Uh, I'm not sh- I'm not sure what else can be said of uh, about it more than that, really, I suppose. One, one thing that I think uh, as well, it's potentially giving on two sides if someone is uh, uncomfortable with a subject making sure that they potentially feel comfortable to be able to say can we not talk about it and feel that they can say that and then the yeah. other side is the people who may have been bringing up subjects talking about it knowing that they they can apologize and how to apologize and make sure the person feels comfortable and knows that if in future anything similar happens they can say something say can we avoid this because at times um i think it's usually people who don't actually necessarily know each other or unfortunately don't really understand the ins and outs people who might um build up stresses and anxieties to certain things it's them being empathetic to a person so they may not fully understand why the person has an issue with it but being able to go oh i am sorry i put you in this position and stuff like yeah, that yeah i think that's a good point yeah you, you may not get why something's a trigger for someone doesn't really matter whether or not you get it. That's not really relevant. Yeah, you know, what's important is acknowledging that someone else doesn't want to talk about a thing. Again, okay, cool. Um, there'll be someone else who you can talk about that thing with. Um, that that could mean many things. I guess that could mean that that person doesn't ever want to talk about that thing. Might need some additional support, or it just might just not be the right time. I, I I guess saying in a conversation that if you don't want to talk about this, that's fine. Is something that we probably need to say more often. I guess it's something that those of us who are fairly confident in flagging and up topics we don't want to talk about probably assume is there in most conversations, but that might not be obvious to others. I saw a great thing on Facebook recently that a friend boasted about askers and guessers. Um, yeah, I thought you thought some of you might have seen that. That's about whether or not, whether or not as a person you, you're, you're inclined to ask for information or, uh, um, I'm phrasing it badly, uh, whether or not you try and make other people guess uh, or ask directly for information, um, not necessarily intentionally, but just, I guess, as the way we're brought up with insane passive-aggressive families. 
um, and not everyone, not everyone is empowered to ask these things. And, and the implications that some of us assume are always there, like you can always stop this conversation or leave. Not everyone feels is true. I guess we can try and encourage them to feel that it is true. Well, um, yeah, and you can certainly do that within your own circle of friends, couldn't you? Or within your relationships, or if you were running and facilitating some kind of group, like you, we could all agree before this recording, or we could all agree whenever we get up, get together and talk about things. You know, we could contract, so to speak, for that, or kind mm. of put boundaries in place and flag that up. Much harder to do in a more public arena. Much harder to do in an informal kind of thing, where you're dealing with. Mm lots of people um for sure i think i think yeah. i think that's a really good idea i think the other thing i remember as well which i always i'm trying to remember more and more is when you ask someone whether they want to talk about something and they say yeah it's fine you know or that you know that, that, that they're happy to talk that isn't necessarily true <laughs> <laughs> yeah you need to keep checking um partly by looking at the other person i guess as yeah. they become increasingly uncomfortable hiding <laughs> tied into a ball it's like is that is that normal part of the conversation eh, probably not um, and again, as as we keep saying, that's much harder on the internet. So people are uncomfortable, and people, and all that stuff gets obsessive as well. People find it hard to switch off. And, and right now, right now, we are distanced from people. Um, mm. We're not having those close and personal chats. We're not in the presence of lots of people. It is mm. we're forced to be speaking this way, or we're forced to get information about what's going on out there through the media and through technology and through social media. So if anything, now is a time where we're probably potentially more susceptible to being exposed to negative messages, um, mm. to unhealthy view, views. Or, But I suppose that's where that, that responsibility is to, to switch off from that, isn't it? There, there yeah, is, I guess it's, sorry, there, it's all gone now. There is another thing as well with some language as well. Um, Depending on what your life experience has been, there may be certain phrases that maybe you just associate as being more negative than anyone would intend it to sound. If, for instance, someone has had someone passively, aggressively, carefully manipulate them over the years sort of to agree to things like, oh, shall we go to the shops now type thing, Some, something along those lines. And they always feel obliged to say yes. In a situation now, it can be even more entrapping by people stuff to sort of make requests of people in certain ways and sometimes people may make a request in a similar way but have no idea the connotation is it causes anxiety in people as well and even those people may not know why they have anxieties to it as well it's similar to what you were mentioning earlier nick as well you suddenly realizing there was something making you uncomfortable mm. didn't know what it was and that and obviously again you can only essentially roll with any punches that are thrown, but you just have to adapt and be aware and be conscious and pay attention to people's behaviour. And I agree with what you said earlier, Nick, is that actually some of this case, this is the case all the time, isn't it, really? Like COVID-19 situation aside, some of this stuff could be the case, couldn't it? We could be... Oh, I think so. We could I, be I, unaware I, of someone's triggers. We could be unaware of if we're asking someone to do something in a certain way, Neil... Actually, it taps into their experiences elsewhere. We could be unaware of someone's history past, all that kind mm. of stuff. What is it about this current situation that flags us up as a topic for particular consideration? Oh, yeah, that's, it, that's, that's for me that, that, that goes to that other side of the messages that we're passing around amongst one another and focusing mm. on 
It's tricky. That can't help but keep reason. coming back to that. Well, that's because it truly is constant. I mean, we, we I, I work like I'm sure many places do. We have like a morning meeting on you know on Zoom or whatever it is, Teams, uh, just check and see how people are. And for a while, we were all like, "Ooh, so what's the latest news about COVID nineteen? Ooh, Italy's fucked. Ooh, that's scary." <laughs> um, and it was uh, after a little while, a couple of colleagues had to go. Can we can we not talk about this at nine thirty yeah. in the morning? Can we yeah. just not cover it. Um, and uh, yeah, well, I think I think I imagine we're supposed to. Think, oh yeah, cool, sure, no worries. Um, hadn't really thought about it uh, because it is there all the time. Some of us are genuinely interested in in the subject. And, yeah, At first, we were watching league. daily updates. Um, mm. We'd be putting the news news on pretty regularly just to be keeping up with things. Uh, we stopped doing that. We're not doing that now. Um, I can't get enough of the news, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. It's like sport, though, isn't it? There's no sport, so you just watch the news. <laughs> well, I never used to watch sport anyway. I mean, there's no difference. Mm. I always used to not watch the news anyway, so I don't think it's changed much. Yeah. I try and do it less because otherwise I find myself reflexively refreshing like the Guardian's UK coronavirus feed just for like, oh, what's what's an absolute moron said on Twitter? What what more lies are there? It's like, well, of course there are more lies. Of course there are more morons. And here are some more numbers. None of it changes anything on a personal level. Yeah, we're stuck again with something that we can't individually do anything about. You can chuck a tenor at whatever NHS charity is being promoted at the moment. That's great. But it, none of it changes the, the basic thing. Um, I think that's the stuff that I was finding aggravating. I like the, you know, the the theory behind the clap for the NHS is lovely, but I, I'm in the kind of camp of well, pay them. That's the clap that we want. Pay them, uh, and yeah, I found that all that very stressful. But I know that is stressful. But again, I, I still come back to the same thing. Like that, for instance, that that triggers off each time about it. Because it does. It does. It really, really annoys me. How and about I, they both? And, you know, huh? why are they separate? Why are they necessarily connected? Like the clap thing, I think, is really good. And you see lots and lots of people uh, who work in different sectors, um, you know, NHS and, and, and all the other people who go out and, on a daily basis and put themselves at risk to make things work. You know, that clap thing's got its place and it's great, isn't it? That has nothing to do with me to the with the NHS being paid properly. It's just it's a hypocrisy for some people, but it's not it's not for for, for, for a lot of people. So you're well, saying they're no, not no, mutually I'm, exclusive kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. I'm glad they're separated for you. I mean, I mean, I find they're not. Um, and and this is this is the essence of this conversation about these things that trigger us. You know, your yes. your, your, your your reason for the separation makes perfect sense. I totally but, get that, and and, 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 I, and I agree with it. However, it's like I want to. People were talking about you know if you um, if you voted conservative instead of going out there and clapping, you should shout sorry or something. And I was thinking, well, maybe Mm -hmm. the people who didn't support Corbyn should go out there and shout sorry because they they just (laughs) to blame. Or maybe the people who did support Corbyn should go out there and shout sorry because they should have had someone who was electable. Or maybe the people who voted Green should go out there because they should have voted Labour, so they could shout sorry as well. And then you can look round and there's hardly anyone left except maybe the people who voted UKIP or Brexit and they can go. <laughs> people who can't be sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, oh, it, it's, it's messy, but I think, I think that's a good example um, of, of how divisive all of this stuff is. Can we not um, talk about this, guys? <laughs> good plan. Um, we're, we're running towards I, I, our, I, yeah. our end time, aren't That's we? That's a trigger for people saying not to talk about it. I find that offensive, actually. Is that triggering? 
that's rough. That's rough. Well, 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 we can respect that, and we can find other ways to say it instead. We can win end the conversation. I mean, that's easy <laughs> enough. Um, what's uh, our what's a wrap up? Let's let's wrap this up then. If, if, we're, if we are going to close it down, what are we taking away from this? What? Well, I wanted to give a couple of things that you actually can do on Facebook and Twitter um, because it's not impossible to filter these things out. Um, it ta- it's a pain to do it, but you you can do it to a certain extent. If it's a platform you want, it's a way that you connect with people. Sweet. Um, Twitter, you can filter extensively by, you can, you can choose to unfollow people completely. You can filter out keywords. You can do the same on Facebook. It's just a lot harder. Uh, obviously you can unfollow people and I've unfollowed every politics or news page I've ever liked. Uh, and I found that helpful. You can, when someone posts something that you don't like, this is like a link from Breitbart or something. You can click and say, hide all from this awful website full of bastards. Uh, and you can do that with lots of things. There are also a whole bunch of plugins. If you use things like Chrome, there's a plugin called Social Fixer, and you can filter out keywords from Facebook completely um, if they pop up. So my main quest, I was telling Neil earlier, is to filter out any repost from Twitter. I don't care. If you want to see what's on Twitter, I'd be on Twitter. I'm not interested. It's full of rubbish. So yeah, I, can, I can filter out anything with the word tweet uh, or Twitter or that has a link to Twitter. Um, I haven't found a way of getting rid of all the screenshots that people take and post of things from Twitter, which might be my least favorite thing in the world. But you can you can do that as well. You can hide all posted, all shared images. Uh, Social Fix is quite powerful. Uh, only works on a desktop as far as I know, but there are some might, plugins yeah. for Facebook as an app. My favorite thing at the moment, and it's probably three or four times a day, is the snooze for 30 days button on Facebook. Yep, it's, it's great. easy to do, and it's very... It's really powerful. Um, I've even considered doing it with Pertacular because there's just too many cat posts. Um, it's tricky. I've had one with um, WhatsApp. So I'm in um, a uh, group, uh, and they are my friends, but it is a chat sort of for organising meetups. And obviously we're not meeting up now. It's just online things. And weirdly enough, it is tonight. But what I have done is on WhatsApp, you can say it to do a 30-day silence, but you can also do a year's one. And I did yeah. a year's one because it was a case of, I will, when I go into WhatsApp and he goes, oh, there's been messages, that's fine, I'll go and look at that. But if I'm just getting messages throughout a day, and this is without this, it can be very distracting because often I've got a work WhatsApp with some people I work with. So I want to definitely get notifications from them, but if it's something that's just a social thing, uh, with a group of people, I could end up just getting buzz, 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 buzz throughout the day, and that would be maddening. Uh, I find the same. I unlock my phone, and I want to look at one thing. Uh, and this is even within WhatsApp, and maybe I want to respond to one group, and I'm in others, and you end, I end up having to open it all, just, even if it's just to clear off the notification. And I found that that's what I was doing. I was opening things and closing it just to get rid of the notifications on my phone. Mm-hmm. So I've done the same thing, Neil. I've muted a bunch of groups. Yeah, mute um, it. You can turn the notifications off on virtually it, every app, and yep. you should do, because otherwise it's crazy. I mean, I use I use AppBlock on my phone to turn everything off at 9 o'clock, and I've got it, – it's also got a function that doesn't that prevents me from opening things more than twice an hour. So, you know, that, like, reflexive Facebook news, Twitter, whatever, it just stops that. It's like, yep, looked at this twice. Oh. Okay. So I suppose if anybody watching this is thinking, well, actually, yeah, I'm triggered by certain things or I'm struggling with seeing all of this or I'm struggling with 
idiots online or whatever it is there are things that you can do to try and edit some of that there's some responsibility you can take for yourself to how much you're exposing yourself to that i suppose on the flip side not that we can control what everyone does but if anybody's watching this you know just maybe we can all be a little bit more mindful of how someone reading our posts or listening to what it is that we're saying might be affected um there is another thing you can do. Well, there's two other things you can do. One is you can leave your phone in or whatever it is in another room, which is pretty yep. bit of a technology detox. And the other one is to uh, is to realise that these people who are posting stuff that you don't like, they probably don't mean most of it. Uh, they probably haven't really thought it through. They probably haven't checked before they shared what it is. They probably haven't read the article properly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it doesn't actually mean anything in the end anyway. And wasting your brain power on thinking through their motives is yeah i'm glad you said that matt because it's it kind of links back to maybe managing our own thinking and managing our own and trying to take control back of our own experiences because ultimately we can't we can't edit everybody and we can't control what people do and don't post about we can reach out to friends to be more mindful but we can't control what other people say even beyond covid19 you can't control what someone walks past the street and says or does you know so there is something about what we do with the information we see or how we, whether we choose to invest in it or take it on board, isn't there? So I agree with, with that. Um, so maybe maybe this, that's worth thinking about, isn't it? It's, it's how much you choose to invest in or, or take it seriously. Sometimes it's easier it's, said than done. It is hard. Again? It's hard, isn't it? Yeah, it can, be, it can be definitely hard. And that's where I suppose support comes in. And we this is a theme for us all the time, isn't it, about leaning into support and, and self-care and stuff. In fact, that's exactly what we're talking about here is support and self-care, isn't it? It's kind of all of this stuff about managing apps and, and technology detoxes. That's all self-care stuff. On um, a slightly separate one, because obviously there is the other side, which is if you are living with people to whom may be causing, maybe not constantly, but every now and again causing triggers. Just trapped with that person. Yeah. Uh, trap may be severe in some situations, may be accurate in some as well, but it may be, and obviously it depends on what your relationship with a person is, because you may be very unfortunate, it may be a very bad toxic relationship. But it is the ability, if if you're in a good place or able to get into a good place, to as we were discussing earlier, be able to go. Can we talk about maybe us not talking about this, and finding a way to make sure if and hopefully get people to I apologize I've been speaking about this. I apologize I've done that. If someone snaps at someone, even like I mean, I know like I don't I'm not living with my mum, but it's a case of a thing that I've done over the years is I will snap at her. And it's like I one of uh, a mutual friend of uh, uh Matt and Nick's of mine, Pixel, uh witnessed me one time snap at my mum, and it was absolutely nothing personal at all she's used to it and um, pixel turned around and went oh that's so horrible and both me and my mom literally looked at each other like what because we're just used to me being a dick to her <laughs> <laughs> we're used to uh, that too now but in a loving way uh <laughs> and uh in a loving way neil it's fine apparently that's right. <laughs> but the thing was again it was a case of um at the same time if that did get on someone's nerves you might behave around someone in a certain way and you don't pay attention to that maybe it'd be a bit of advice for, for you neil and for anyone else if your mum's still around be really nice to her it's really important 
Guys, I have to go. Um, I just had a message from my other half who was trapped somewhere. I need to go and help them. Um, <laughs> uh, She's uh, trapped with you. <laughs> not currently. Um, no, I need to go and retrieve her. Um, okay. Well, till next time then, eh? Yeah. Yep. Good to see you guys. Take, take yeah. care of each other. Yes. And yourself. Yeah, it's like a backwards Jerry Springer moment there. <laughs> see you Bye-bye. later. If you've been affected by anything that we've talked about tonight, that's cool. We were kind of hoping you would be. If you haven't been affected by anything tonight, then that's great too. You're probably fine. Of course, if you say you're fine, there's a good chance you aren't. So you might also have been affected. And if you've been affected before, you probably will be again. Please talk to someone. It can get better, and together we can survive. We are what we overcome. by his side for some big strife, but all what we 